Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast. It's 1122B. The Bs are always great guests. Today's, I think, will be no different. Um, Kathleen Nadau and I may be mispronouncing that, and I hope she'll correct me if I am, is the founder it's, and clinical it's director. Nadeau. Kathleen Nadeau. Kathleen Nadeau. Uh-huh. Kathleen Nadeau is the founder and clinical director of a large private ADHD specialty clinic. She has practiced psychology in the Washington, D.C. area since the early 70s and is author of many books on ADHD, including the best-selling ADD-Friendly Ways to Organize Your Life, Understanding Girls with ADHD, and Understanding Women with ADHD. Um, She's received the CHAD, uh, C-H-A-D-D, Hall of Fame Award in 1999 for groundbreaking work on women and girls. Um, And so she uh, tackles adult cases in the aging generation The book that we're going to talk about today is excellent. It's called Still Distracted After All These Years, Help and Support for Older Adults with ADHD. It's published by Hatchet Go. And the introduction states, do you forget to pay bills, live in a disorganized environment, struggle with depression and anxiety, procrastinate on projects, even ones that initially excite you? have high levels of conflict with those close to you, or have a child diagnosed with ADHD or family history of learning disorders. Well, maybe that means you may have undiagnosed or even diagnosed ADHD. Kathleen, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure, and I'm excited to be able to talk about this. This is the very first book ever written for older adults with ADHD, and guess what? We don't outgrow it, so there are a lot of older adults with ADHD. And it says, in fact, in the book, you go through a number of things, but one of which is in the Wender, Utah rating scale, W-U-R-S, um, that approximately 5% of adults qualified for the diagnosis of ADHD, which would mean if you figure we got uh, whatever it is, 100 million of us um, or so who qualify as older, um, that would mean there are at least 5 million older adults with ADHD. Is that correct? Am I doing something wrong in that calculation? That is very correct, and if anything, I think that that is an underestimation. And tell us, um, what, what do you do for people? What's the difference between people with ADHD who are young and people who with ADHD are old? Is there a difference in the medications? Is there a difference in uh, the seriousness Is there a difference in how you help them live with friends? What's the difference? That's a great question. In terms of medication, there's absolutely no difference. At any age, we all respond to the same stimulant medications, which improve our focus and our cognitive functioning 
Doctors, unfortunately, are not experienced in treating older adults with ADHD, so many of them are unnecessarily concerned about prescribing stimulants and decide not to do it, which is really kind of ironic. A lot of your listeners may not realize that stimulants are routinely prescribed to geriatric patients in nursing homes because it helps them with alertness, with energy. Uh, They prescribe it when these folks sitting in wheelchairs are lethargic. So if they can safely take it, so can adults ages 60s, 70s, and even into the 80s. In addition to medication, are there other therapies? You go through other techniques in the book. Um, And I should mention the name of the book again, Uh, Still Distracted After All These Years. Um, And uh, tell me again, is there a website that uh, has more information about the book or about you on, on the website? Yes. My clinic is called the Chesapeake Center for ADHD learning and behavioral health. The Chesapeake Center, because we're near the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland, and if listeners would go to chesapeakeadd.com, they'll find lots of information about me, about this book, and about other books that I've written. But I think what I really want to talk about in the brief time that we have is how important it is and how life-changing it can be to get diagnosed even at a later age. So many older adults think, well, if I've lived with it this long, why would I bother to get diagnosed now? But I interviewed 150 older adults preparing for my book, and all of them were diagnosed and treated for ADHD in their later years. And every one of them told me that it was really a life-changing experience and that they were so glad they'd done it. What I'm worried about is that older adults with undiagnosed ADHD tend to age more rapidly because they're not taking good care of themselves. It's hard for them to get organized. They have irregular sleep cycles. They tend to eat an unhealthy diet because of the planning and organization it takes to eat a healthy diet. They don't routinely get enough exercise. They're not organized and disciplined in a way that they might be if they got treatment for ADHD. I mean, one of the things I find is even for adults that function pretty well during their working life, when all of that structure goes away, when they don't have a built-in social life, they don't have a schedule for the day, that ADHD really begins to take a toll and they often become very socially isolated depressed, not in touch with their family as much as they ought to. And I think one of the things that I want to share with your listeners is that I I asked all these 150 adults, what is your biggest concern as an older adult with ADHD? And they said, just not seeming to accomplish anything. No matter how many things I start, I don't seem to finish them. I'm living in disorganized chaos. I'm very frustrated that I'm not having the retirement years I've dreamed of having. There's an association, I think you point out, between lack of retirement savings and the planning for retirement and um, 
ADHD. Does ADHD, is it invariably a lifelong problem or can you develop it later in life? In other words, is there, um, if you if you have it as a senior, would you have had to have it as a 20-year-old, for example? That's a great question. Let me answer your first question first, and that is, is there a link between financial stress and being an older adult with ADHD? And the answer to that is yes. I mean, everybody has trouble saving for retirement, but you particularly have trouble when you have ADHD because, again, that requires planning and organization and self-discipline. It requires us not going on that vacation, not buying that new car, whatever it is that might take our hard-earned dollars because we need to save for retirement. And statistically, adults with ADHD are less prepared for retirement than adults without. So that's, um, that's number one. But I think in general, what people need to understand that they need connection and structure in their lives. And that's hard to create for yourself, especially if you're living alone. And many older adults with ADHD are living alone. They've either lost their spouse or they are divorced. Many are single and become more and more socially isolated. And some of the things that I recommend for them is to do something, organize something to get you out of the house every day. It might be a small part-time job where the main purpose of the job is to get you out around people and interacting with them. Um, it might be joining an active adult community so that there are organized activities that you don't have to plan. All you have to do is show up. In this, if you will, adult community um, where all you have to do is show up, is it, do you tend to get see ADHD patients get out of depression or out of their anxiety? In other words, the one of the things I think I got from your book is that there is an association of ADHD with anxiety and stress and depression. Is that right, or did I read more into it? No, that is very right. In adults, ADHD rarely exists alone. Anxiety and depression are very, very common conditions that adults, and especially older adults with ADHD, struggle with. And yes, I think to be in a community where you have people to interact with, where you can get outside, get some exercise, our healthy daily habits are what can keep our mood improved and our brain functioning in our later years. And it's just much harder to do that when you're alone and when you have ADHD, which is why building some kind of structure into your life can be enormously therapeutic. Let me just, one of the things I also took from the book, and, and I'm wondering if you have a rationale for why it works, is that you mention green breaks, which is getting out in nature. Why, is, why are green breaks better than what you might call uh, inside the room breaks <laughs> or uh, <laughs> inside, inside the physical activity, physical fitness center breaks? Good question. There's some fascinating research, and this applies to people at all age groups with ADHD. 
Um, being out in nature is a wonderful way of de-stressing. And let me tell your listeners, it doesn't count if you're out in nature but still on your phone. Uh, it doesn't have the same impact because we're not paying attention to the natural beauty around us. So it's very healing and therapeutic. And in a lot of ways, what we are realizing is the way we're living in modern society constantly on our digital media being bombarded and distracted constantly is really not good for our brains. And it's especially not good when we have ADHD. We've been talking with Kathleen Nadeau, like uh, Trudeau, Nadeau, Nadeau, I guess Nadeau, N-A-D-E-A-U. But the, the key point is, uh, I think, would be Chesapeake, ADD.com. Correct me if I'm wrong, Kathleen. Chesapeake ADD That's correct. is where you can find out more about her and get to see her uh, tremendous abilities to help if you've got someone in your family with ADHD or ADD. And in fact, um, she's got a series of books that go all the way from... Uh, if you will, girls and women to everybody else and to us old folk. Um, this one is called Still Distracted After All These Years, Help and Support for Older Adults with ADHD. It's published by that great company, Hatchet. It's a Hatchet Go book. So thanks very much, Kathleen. I should mention that our sponsor is Life's First Naturals. LifesFirstNaturals.com is where you can find true biotics and bovine colostrum and all the data from the randomized studies that support their use. And of course, the Reboot Your Age app as well as a sponsor, Reboot Your Age app. Thanks very much, Kathleen. And may... Um, and may all of us who are still distracted after all these years get in better because of your book. Um, ChesapeakeADD.com is where to find out more information. And we'll be back next week. We hope you will be. Caitlin, thank you for engineering. We'll be back. <laughs>